What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. We've got a special guest joining us from Houston. You know, we like Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas. <laughs> Please welcome and thank you for joining us, Rick Ornelas. Rick is an author, speaker, and positive change expert. Rick? Thank you for joining us. Can you please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background? Hi, Deanna. First of all, thank you very much for having me on the Label Free podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this quite a bit. And um, as far as my background, it, it's it's really changed a lot. But you know, the the things that are most important to me, you know, in the in the recent uh, past, are you know the the author and uh, the positive change expert because that's really what I've been working on and that's really where all my passion is. I love it and I think like that's I love talking to people that are kind of in that same um, mindset or or that same path and trying to you know promote and, and spread positivity especially in these in the days that we're living in today it's like the apocalypse so we need we need that we need to give people hope and and get positivity wherever we can that you actually, what brought you here, you had an awakening of some sort. Yes. So can, can we, and it was, came in the form of divine inspiration and an awe-inspiring spiritual connection when you least expected. So let's talk about that. Let's tell the audience that story. So the, the story takes us back exactly a year ago. Uh, at this point, one year ago, when the world had shut down, when pandemic had started and everybody's going into quarantine and life had come to a screeching halt and it did for me as well and my regular uh, medical coaching business had come to a halt all my clients were either shut down or they asked to put their services on hold and i found myself with no revenue um a lot of time on my hands (laughs) yeah and and it was it was very it was scary Right. It was uh, that that time for a lot of us was a a time of fear and anxiety, you know, kind of going into that unknown place, which is a very scary place for a a lot of folks and myself included. And I didn't want to go into that place. You know, it's not somewhere that I go to very often. And and I coach people on how not to not to get into that place. And so I was like, I need to take my own advice. Um, And I wrote a blog. Um, to help others and to help myself that was called uh, how to use COVID as an opportunity to, and not as an opportunity, like in the business sense, but as an opportunity to improve yourself, to learn, to grow, to help others and and serve them, be grateful for, you know, all the amazing things that, you know, we did have like time that we all of a sudden had a lot of time. And in writing that it, it's, really drew me to a book that had been in my head for 20 years that I had continued to put off for whatever reason that that I wanted to write and and just put that off. But I said, you know, this is the time, this is the opportune time. So I, I started writing and I can share about what the book is about later, but but I started writing the book in, in mid April. I mean, I've had to look at my calendar, but it may have been, you know, exactly this day a year ago. And as I was writing, I was going through it very methodically. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. You should, you read online. It says you should write 500 to 1,000 words a day and write consistently and everything. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go about and, and go through that process. Well, I think, you know, someone or, you know, higher power had other plans for me because after I had been going that way uh, through like the beginning of June, 
all of a sudden I, that was that a spiritual awakening. I just, I um, started to become incredibly spiritually connected um, and I was having dreams and visions and I'd wake up at all hours of the night with a flood of ideas and my writing went from that 500 to 1,000 words to over 2,000 words in, in, wow. in a couple hours each day. And I thought my book would take like six plus months to write. And I finished it in under three months um, just so rapidly. Um, and in that time, that's where all these ideas for the things that I'm working for now that they all came about as of, uh, as, that, you know, as of that period that I was going through. That's pretty quick to, to get a book pumped out. Like I, I, I talked to a lot of different authors and I mean, some of them take years. I mean, that's amazing that you were able to, I mean, to be brought to that, that intention and to create something that is, um, you know, positive change. And uh, let's talk about your book a little bit. So you, 12 hours of heaven lessons for a better world. So I, I love that. <clears throat> That that's that's uh, I love the title. I love what it you know what it stands for. So can you give us a little bit about what the book is? Well, I mean it kind of says, but give us a little bit more meatier description of what it is about. <laughs> I would bet just from the title that you would not know what it's about because <laughs> most people don't. Most people they they think it has something to do with you know spending time in heaven, and, and I guess you can look at it that way, but the. The, the real story, the deeper story, um, Deanna, behind the book is, as I said, it had been in my head for 20 years. Yeah. So we'll go back in time. The first last story was a year. This one, we'll go back in time 20 years. So um, 20 years ago, I was living in Southern California and, you know, my wife and, and two young daughters at the time, I now have three and they're all, they're all grown, but I had two young daughters at the time. They were one and four and we were driving back from uh, a birthday party. It was a couple hours away from where we lived. And it was late on a Sunday afternoon. It was starting to get, um, you know, starting to get dark. And it started pouring rain, like, you know, where the wipers can't even clear the water. You know, they yeah. say it never happens in Southern California, but, you know, where you live and I live, probably used to more and more rain. But oh, yeah. it was raining really hard and, you know, not the norm. And cars had pulled off the road and they, they were stopped you know, because you couldn't really see, but we contemplated that, but my wife was like, you know what, it's getting, if it gets dark, it's going to be worse, and we need to get the kids home, so we just decided to go on carefully. Well, unfortunately, um, I hit a puddle of water and started hydroplaning and started spinning out of control, and we were in the slow lane. We ended up spinning all the way four lanes to the center divider, and I'm I'm trying to steer because I don't want us to crash in a center divider. And we end up spinning back the opposite direction across four lanes the other way. Oh no. We don't hit any other cars. And I completely have zero control and we're both screaming and and um and we go off the freeway, up a dirt embankment, we hit a brick wall at high velocity and we flip over completely and land back on the wheels. And Immediately, you know, I look at my wife and I look at my kids and my kids had, they were asleep and they had woken up and they're crying. Yeah. All of us are unharmed. Yeah. And the roof is smushed down. The windshield is shattered. The right windows are shattered. The the right side is smushed in, but nobody has a scratch. And 
crawl out of my side and a, a car had stopped, a car had witnessed this, an uh, elderly couple had witnessed the whole thing and, and the lady brought a blanket and wrapped it around my wife and my wife's sitting on the side of the freeway with uh, um, holding my daughters and crying and yeah. and I'm talking to the, to the man and he says, I can't believe that you guys got out of the car, you know, that you're alive because he said, that's the most incredible thing I've seen in my life, you know, yeah. and it's like an elderly man. And I, it was just, you know, it was just incredible to me that, that we, we didn't have a scratch, right? That everything was fine after going through what we had gone through. And even when I went to pick up the, the, our things, the car had to be towed and, and we left in an ambulance just to be safe. And they, they said, oh, kids are fine. Everything's fine. They did nothing. But when we, when I went the next day to get our things out of the car at the, at the tow yard, they had it sitting on a flatbed outside the office and I walk into the office and I say, yeah, I'm here to get my things. And they say, well, what vehicle is yours? And I'm like, it's the one, the black man yeah. priest sitting on the, on the flatbed. And he's like, no, it's not. And I go, yeah, that's my car. He's like, no, it's not. You, I, I, I can always tell, you know, what happens to the driver and you should be dead or in the hospital, you know, by the looks of your car. And I was like, well, no, like, this is my car. Here's my, you know, ID and everything. And he, he couldn't believe it, right, that we had walked away from that. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I've got <laughs> my bumps. I want to cry right now. I'm like that. So there was some major divine intervention. Angels were around you. I mean, whatever anybody believes. I mean, it, it's reach his own. But like, wow, God was protecting you that day. You yeah, and, and that's, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that because that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Um, and you used the word angels. So right after the accident, my mom was said almost the exact same thing you did, you know, immediately, that's what she was telling us. And, and she gave me this little angel guardian angel pin to put in my car, you know, going forward. Yeah. Um, and I still have that pin to this day. <laughs> but, but I, I, I kept thinking about that, you know, okay, well, what, why, what was going on, you know, the angels and everything. And it caused me to reflect on what had happened. And I wrote at that time, I wrote a what I what I titled a to-do list for every day of how I wanted to live my life, that I wanted to live like every day could be your last, and that I wanted to be grateful and be humble and serve others and um and treat my family right and, and all these things I wanted to to abide by. Yeah. And as I was writing that, this story hit me like a movie that I had just watched. Like I had just walked out and I had it clear in my head. And that's the story that became my book. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't write it. I, I said, you know, I should really write this. And I wrote like a page. I typed up a page and then I never did anything with it. And, you know, went about life and raised my family and tried to do the best I can, but the best I could. But in the past few years, I felt this calling like to do more, do more, like you're not doing enough, do more, do more, do more. And, and when everything was going to crap last year, you know, as we were saying, it was like the apocalypse. I was like, I need to get the story out because I think it can inspire people and I think it can help people. Yeah. And the story is about an angel um, that is sent down from heaven and he gets trapped in an elevator for 12 hours um, with 10 people from all different walks of life, all different types of people. And they're trapped in this, in this elevator. And during those 12 hours, 
he's able to help them all through the biggest challenges that they have in their lives. And those are the lessons that he, you know, imparts on them and teaches them are the, the lessons for a better world um, in, in the time that he's with them. Cheers to the new years and to making resolutions you actually keep. Have you added self-care to your routine? I know I have very much in self-care. My man is, yes, he is definitely keeping it tight. Our sponsors and Manscaped have the perfect tools to help keep you and your significant other clean and tidy this year. Manscaped tools for his jewels are so good. You'll want them for yourself. The Lawnmower 4.0 is all you'll need for his balls and your bikini line. You know what's up, ladies. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code LABELFREE20 for 20% off plus free shipping. Happy New Year's, you guys. Thank you for tuning in and we appreciate all your support. Go over to manscaped.com, use the code LABELFREE20 for 20% off and free shipping. So I'm extremely moved by your story. And yeah, now I really want to go get your book and, and read it because I, I love I love the idea of it. Yeah, and I don't think people would know that the title, it means something completely different. Uh, I mean, wow, what kind of car were you driving? <laughs> it was a, I guess it was, it was like a 2000 Pontiac Grand Prix. It was a black Grand Prix. Oh my God! <laughs> That's like a four, was a four-door? Yeah, four-door, four-door car. Sedan. Um, a sedan, four-door yeah. sedan, um, you know, kind of quasi-sporty, I guess. I, I don't know, but I knew, I, I did know that the tires weren't great because it had about 40,000 miles. And I know it, it was a work car. It was actually a car for work. And I I, I was due for tires and, and they needed to be replaced. Um but, and the crazy thing is, is that since I've written my book and everything, I was like, I have a picture of the car somewhere and I just cannot find it. And I, I would love to find that, you know, the picture. Because yeah. I took a picture um, that next day at the tow, at the tow yard. I took a picture of it sitting on the flatbed and I have no idea where that picture is, but it's probably somewhere in a box. I'm yeah, that would be very powerful to see, to see that picture because, I mean, Wow, that that's what does your wife say about what happened that day? She felt she felt really the same way, you know, about that just thanking God and and feeling that we um you know that we were spared or saved or protected. Yeah. I guess is the, is the word she used that we were protected. You know, cuz that's the image that I have in my head because I remember everything so clearly, like every second of the of the accident and every I, I as I describe it, I mean I remember it all. I, I relive it as I as I share the story. But I clearly remember her sitting sobbing on the side of the road with holding the kids and the blanket wrapped around her like that. I have so vivid in my memory of you know, like her protecting yeah. our daughters, right? And and that's how we felt like that we had been protected. You know, like this shield of protection was placed around us, you know, in, in the inside the vehicle. Do you have any PTSD from that from that day? I don't not now. I have immediately following yeah. my wife wouldn't drive in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, she she just wouldn't she still actually doesn't like driving in the rain. And she definitely doesn't like driving in the rain at night. Yeah. She pretty much doesn't, but but um for a long time, she wouldn't drive in the rain. 
And luckily my kids were small enough that they don't have any effects. I do remember, I actually had forgotten this until my sister reminded me because my sister and brother-in-law came to pick us up at the, the hospital. But um, my youngest, my daughter, Kinsey, who was you know one at the time, she wouldn't get in the car. When, when they came to pick us up, she wouldn't, she didn't want to get in the, in the car at that time. And I'd forgotten that until my sister reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. She was crying and she didn't want to get in. So immediately following, she was scared, but luckily, you know, with, with age, they're so little that they, yeah, don't, they don't remember that. Uh, my older daughter remembers it a little bit, but not, well, uh, thank God that, you know, thank, thank God they don't remember because that would follow, you know, or have such an impact on them. So you don't want that that to follow them in life you know that's not because that you were blessed you were protected you you know definitely divine intervention so that was that is a beautiful thing and anybody that does not believe that miracles are real they they really have not experienced anything yet (laughs) because miracles are real they happen every single day i know i've experienced plenty myself and you know maybe that's just our belief systems i don't know um but I think it's amazing. So uh, where can people find your book? Uh, it's on Amazon. It's on Ingram Spark. It's anywhere online. They just search 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World, or 12 Hours of Heaven, Rick Ornelas. I mean, they'll, they'll find it. It has a, on Amazon, it's Kindle and paperback on, awesome. on Amazon. So I'll, put those links, I'll put those links in the description of the episode. Let's talk about your, the founder, you're the founder of iSpark Change. Uh, it's a global movement and online community for those uh, who seek to make the world a better place one act at a time. Let's talk about that. Well, and thank you for asking about that, Deanna. In, in that time last year when I was having that spiritual awakening where I said I was having a flood of ideas and, and, and things that I felt I was being called to do, one of them was to create Icebark Change. So that name was just given to me about Icebark Change, and it's actually not to give anything away, but it's a theme that is woven throughout my book. Um, and I, I, w- I felt that I was called to create this community, to create this, this um, organization that can do more good. That, you know, a book is great. A book will hopefully inspire people and it has, and, and it will touch some lives. Um, what's even greater is to have more impact and to, you know, impact others positively and, and, and show them that they can change. And that's what iSpark Change is all about. It's about showing individuals, well, first of all, connecting those individuals that are doing some type of positive change. And there's tons around the world. You've probably had many on your show. And, and then it's about empowering individuals to know that any tiny little action that they do can be sparking change. You know, it can be as simple as smiling at a stranger that you pass on the street because you never know the effect that that has on that individual and the ripple effect that your actions can have, you know, that it's, it's something that I share that, you know, you can call it the golden rule, or you can call it pay it forward, or you can call it the law of reciprocity or, you know, love your neighbor. I mean, it's a foundational teaching in all religions and society, you know, everywhere. Right. And, and that's what iceberg change is really all about. It's about, you know, treating others, how you, want to be treated and, and, you know, doing positive actions to serve others. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm all about it. So, you know, it's that call to action, you know, and, and doing, I did an experiment a long time ago, you know, when I was like trying to, you know, I wanted to be, I was actually in my early twenties 
And I lived in a bad neighborhood because I was saving up. Uh, I moved into my boyfriend at the time, his mother's old apartment, and it was rent controlled. It was this huge apartment in, um, like, down in, in Chicago, like Cicero area. And um, I walked to the mall there, and it's not a great area. So, like, I, I had like a knife in my pocket, like, <laughs> thinking I'm a badass. And I'm like, and I wanted to just like, you know, I wanted to, to start making a positive impact. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to smile at every single person I pass on the street. And just, it was interesting. I remember, like, it's something I remember to this day, like the reactions that you get. Some people are like, whoa, and they smile back. Other people are like angry. Like, why are you smiling at me? And just, you know, to, to experience that. I mean, cause I passed several people you're talking about like Chicago. So you're, mm-hmm. there's a higher population there. And I, and it was, you know, and I continue to smile people to this day because in, you know, if I go to the grocery store and even during these crazy times, if I see a, like a, an elderly person struggling or they're going out to the car, I go help them. I'm going to go help them take their, their groceries, put them in their car for them and take their cart and put it back so that I'm, you know, I'm doing my part in the world to help others. Because like you said, it is a ripple effect and you don't know what difference you can make in someone's day just by doing those small acts of kindness. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And it's interesting you use the the shopping cart, you know, and the grocery um, uh, example, because I, I posted that as an example of a simple way to spark change in someone's day just last week on social media. That was one of the ways, wow. you know, helping some of the grocery store that's it said the exact same thing. And that's what a lot of people that they don't realize, they don't realize that it's things just like that. And that it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't cost you anything, you know, and and what ends up happening is you're the one, if you do that a lot, you're the one that gets transformed and you're the one that, that changes and gets improved into a better, a better person. And that's how we truly change the world is by everyone, you know, taking action on their own. Agreed. And I'll tell you something, uh, one, like one of those days when I was helping somebody, I was not having the best day, but I did that anyways, because that's who I am at the core of, of my soul. And you no, know, regardless if I'm having a bad day or not, does not mean that I'm going to punish someone else because, or not help someone else because of that, because you know what, it's just a bad day. I'll get over it. Mm-hmm. With that being said, can you please let us know all your links before we wrap things up? Um, well, you already dropped them, but drop them again so I can put them in the body uh, that description of the episode. Yeah, of course. Um, the I shared about the book, but I Spark Change is on all uh, social media platforms. So it's the letter I Spark Change, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Awesome. Um, you can find can find it anywhere, and we have the Facebook community that people can join, or they can go to the website, which is isparkchange.com, also, and they can join I Spark Change there. Perfect. Perfect. Before we say goodbye, Rick, do you have any last words of wisdom or advice you'd like to leave with the audience? Just that anyone can spread positive change. Like we've just been, uh, just been talking about anyone can do it. And um, I just want to empower others to go out there and you know help change the world. And it creates miracles in your life, whether you believe in them or not. Thank you for being a guest, Rick. I'm excited to share this with my audience. You've been phenomenal and you're truly blessed. And, you know, thank you for, thank you, God, for all the angels that are around, that were around you protecting you that day, because clearly you have a much higher purpose and you're doing it every day. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, follow, share, and all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.